The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome to yet another program of Afternoons with Mike, heard daily right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. Coming to you from our studios in Orlando, I have a first-time guest in the studio with me today. Michelle Hamilton is the area director of a ministry that I'm sure you've heard of before. It's called Young Life. And, you know, there are so many ministries. There are so many different outreaches. This one has been around for quite a while. And we're going to hear all the details from Michelle as she tells us about not only what she does and where she does it, but... The fact is, is that they're really, they have a name that is just so appropriate for what all, we are all called to do. Light of Orlando. That is the name of this particular area for Young Life. Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here. Well, you are one of these people that when I first meet you, you beam. I'm sure you're told that. Light is a good word for you, Michelle. It, you know, I love probably two of my favorite words in the word of God, light and love. Light and love. And when you have those two together, it's a one-two punch. I mean, you know, you can knock out some things with some light and love. Like yeah. Every place that you show up. So those are important to me, and I pray that um, people experience it every time I come around. Yeah, I think they do, and I think they will, because you emanate that kind of uh, just wonderful countenance. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about... Uh, it, yeah, I always think of this, Michelle. The Bible talks about our countenance reflecting the you know the lord and that we should lift exactly. up our countenance mm -hmm. there was a young man at a concert that when i was a player of uh, when i was a guitar player in a band and we were up in northern indiana and he was exhorting the the audience that in that concert to get excited about god but mm -hmm. his countenance was anything he looked like he had just you know, been baptized, as my old pastor used to say, in sour pickles. I mean, oh, no. Yeah, it, it was, it was uh, pickle juice. Oh. It, 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 and it was funny. And I thought, you know, our words need to match our, our, our face needs to match our words. Let's yes, put it that way. Yes, yes. And when we have the countenance of God, it, it automatically disarms some people because it's really... It's really hard to be mean or ugly to someone that's smiling at them all the time. That That is very true. I like to say um, our time with the Lord, the word of God, his living word, um, when we hide it in our hearts, our day-to-day -day actions are an outward expression of our inward faith. I like that. Yep. Our, an outward expression of our inward faith. Yeah. We don't have to say anything. We don't have to do anything. People experience that um, when we get a chance just to be with God or let his word in our heart. I like memorizing scripture. So um, that comes out whether I make a reference to the scripture or not, but it comes out and people see that. Yeah. And, that and that's for all of us. It's not a respecter of persons. Anyone can beam God's light. But just, I think we're supposed to do that. Yes. I mean, Jesus himself said we're to be like the cities on a hill. Correct. And it's not just the city that's up there. It's mm -hmm. it's the light that comes from the city. And that's Correct. the point of that reference, that, mm -hmm. uh, that image that we've been given from the Lord. We're to let the light shine. And that's what you're doing. Now, you're not originally from Florida. No, I am not. I am originally from Niagara Falls, New York. Um, born and raised. Um, I just had a conversation with someone. They said, isn't that in Canada? I'm like, no, there is a New York side. <laughs> and for all the teenagers and middle school kids that I um, work with, they said, no, Miss Michelle, you're really Canadian. And so I am from Niagara Falls, New York, born and raised there, five brothers and no sisters, both my mom and dad. Um, we lived in a tourist town. So I like to think that I moved from one tourist town to another living in, you know, the tourist capital of the world. Now, here. have you been any place in between? Um, in the country? Yeah. Have you I've lived any place besides these two locations? No, I've only lived in New York and Florida. Um, I just went to my 39th state last month. And uh -huh. so I've been to 39 states. I'm trying to knock all of them out. But I've only had the pleasure of living in Orlando and um, well, New York and Florida. And my wife and I back, I think it was in 1994, we visited your area. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, we went to the both the uh, the New York side yep. as well as and on into Canada. Correct. Mm-hmm. And we went to the falls, look out there on the Canadian side. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Yes. And you know, I you read these stories about people who go over that those falls, and I just saw last week a video of someone doing the most silly thing. They were st- they got out and stood in those falls just to see if they could do it. Now, I, I can't believe they did that. I mean, no. So we love our American side. Um, the American side, you actually can experience the falls. And so our national park there, you can walk underneath the falls. We have the Maid of the Mist. Uh-huh. Um, it's a really beautiful part. And you can see all three parts of um, the falls. So from the Canadian side, you get to look onto it. But on the fall side, you get to go underneath and experience and wow. see all of the history. So I'm a proud um proud native of Niagara Falls, New York. Now, when you live in Niagara Falls, do you go there often to see it? Well, every time I go home, I do go to the falls. I try to visit at least once because it's so um, powerful. Uh-huh. Right? So we just think about Jesus and him being, um, you know, the living, you know, word and water and all yeah, the water yeah. references. And you see the power of the city. Um, really, um, the falls actually powers a lot of the state. Hydropower. Um, yep, yeah. yep. So mm-hmm. hydropower. So, so we see that and we see the effects of water. We cannot mm-hmm. live without water and we can't live without light. And so Jesus refers to himself as both of those That's things. That's right. He's and the so living water. Yeah. He was the living water and he's the light of the world. And then yeah. we're the light of the world. And he's the light. So, but all of that, Niagara Falls is really uh, a great small town. Um, it's a suburb of Buffalo. So we get the best of both worlds. I learned on House Hunters that Buffalo is the second largest city in New York, outside of New York City. Right. Who knew? But that's where I'm from. Born well, you and also get lots of snow up there. We get, we we have a lot of snow. Um, I was able to go home this Thanksgiving when we had snowmageddon. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it, but I was there. I was so happy to put on some gloves and hat and, and my scarf. I really do enjoy the cold weather. But I also, I call, I call myself a New York Ridian uh, because after being in Florida, for a while, I do enjoy the sun, but I will say that I don't, you know, I never say yeah. it's really cold here because I know what cold is. I tell the kids that I was born in an igloo. So <laughs> really, yeah. yeah, I remember. And you would probably remember this as well. Uh, I don't know that you would. Now that I think about it, you're pretty young. So you <laughs> might not. So back in, let's see what. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't have been around the 70s. And no, 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 no. Hadn't no. quite made it yet. Hadn't quite mm-hmm. made it here. Well, in the 70s, I was around. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was in, I was doing a TV show and uh, I was actually uh, a weatherman. Wow. And so I got to do the weather every night and we'd had a, a man that was a, a salesperson for our radio, or rather our TV station, had moved to Buffalo. Hmm. And he got there. His first week there, there was this humongous snowstorm. It was a blizzard, whiteout conditions, the whole thing. And snow went all the way to the eaves of mm-hmm. his house. Mm-hmm. And so he called in. That's all he could do. So we had a, <laughs> we had a phone call back in that day. Uh, and, you know, he was giving us the report of what it's like going from Indiana. Now, Indiana was not... Florida. It was not warm like Florida is, but boy, oh boy, we didn't have snow that went all the way to the eaves of the house. No, I I believe I remember my parents saying that they could sled from the second story window. Yeah. Come down like they can sled off the, out the window and go all the way down to the street. So I remember them telling me that we've, we've had some, some, some major snowstorms, but I've never slept from the top. Now I've slept from the porch, <laughs> but not of the top of the house. And I don't know if my mom would have let us. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, Michelle, unlike you, I'm really grateful. When we moved to Florida and got out of that cold, it was okay with me if I never if I never saw ice or, or snow, snow again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I just had a conversation last night with our students. Our program is held on Monday nights, and we talked about um, if Florida ever had a snowstorm how it would be just <laughs> the whole the whole state would shut down i don't know if we know would know what to do wouldn't we wouldn't yeah, know what no. to do people don't know um when you get up in the morning we can just walk out to our cars and start our cars and and go about our day but um and during the winter months it's that's a 20 minute to 30 minute process you yes. gotta warm up the car you have, have to, to dig de-ice it. the windshield you de-ice the windshield you have to dig it out from the snow first um yeah. you got to make sure there's no snow around the tires make sure you're not sliding all so it's a process to just start yeah. your day in yeah. up in the north yeah 
Give me Orlando any day. <laughs> Orlando's Orlando's pretty sweet. I I like it call. I like to call it home. And that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Were your parents believers? Yes, my parents are believers. Um I love my parents. Um, if you're familiar with the the movie The Coneheads, I call them my parental units. I love my parental. <laughs> I love my parental. Now you're units. way too young to remember the Coneheads. No, too. I'm not. I'm not that young. I might sound young, but I'm not that young. But the kids they keep me young. But I call them my parental units. My parents are Brenda and James Hamilton. Um, my mom is an intercessor, and she always has been my entire life. Wow. Um, when I, I often share with my friends uh, when I'm speaking places that my mom had a prayer closet. She had a war room and I would bring my friends over and they would be playing Barbies in my bedroom and my mom would be in our war room and she would be praying. And they said, what's your mom doing? I said, she's in her prayer room. Your mom doesn't have one. Um, Cause I just thought it was normal for mm-hmm. mothers to cover friends, family, um, the community issues at church, uh, church. So that was my mom. And then my dad, He's a community guy. Everyone knows Mr. Hamilton. He's um, a resource um, for fun, advice, uh, to help. Uh, just we love people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I get to say that being that I'm the only girl out of five boys that I'm just the best of both of my parents. I get to be them and um, with along with the gifts that God has given me. So I love people and I love to pray. Um I really love people. That's awesome. Yeah. Parents still with you? Yes. And so my parents are still with me. My parents, um, they're still up in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. My mom is in Niagara Falls and my dad is in um, North Tondawanda. They separated a couple years ago. And that um, that was something to navigate as an adult. I bet it was. Um, yeah, yes. That's tough. Uh, it, it, it's no matter what age, no yeah. matter what age, I've, I've, I firmly believe no matter what age you experience that it is, um, it's a process. It certainly is. But my parents, they love what I do. They support, they completely support me. Um, we, Young Life, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, has a huge camping ministry. So they just were, um, this past summer, uh, came to see me speak as a camp speaker there. So they both got a chance to see God at work, um, God at work um, in Young Life and what we do. So I love them. They're a bunch of fun. Now, um, was your call into what you're doing? Was it something that... Uh, came early on or was it later on in your life? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I, uh, I think I may have been eight or nine years old, Mike. And I don't know if I saw nine to five working girl. I don't know what movie I saw, but I wanted to be in corporate America. I wanted to have a briefcase and come in and put it on the big conference room table and say, all right, let's get to work. I just knew that I was made for marketing or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. I went to school for, I got um, a social degree in accounting. And then I came to Florida to go to Florida Agricultural Mechanical University, FAMU, the HBCU here in Florida. One of the best or the best, let me clarify. I love my school. And I got my um, bachelor's degree in marketing. And then I got an MBA um, here in international business. So I worked for Nestle USA right out of college uh, with their marketing and sales. And that was what I. Oh, so you were on your way doing was, what what you wanted to do. Doing what I wanted to do, doing what I went to yeah. school for. Um, Nestle paid for me to get my MBA, went and got my MBA from Nova Southeastern University here in Orlando. And I just shared a, with kids that God remixed my life. What I thought that I would be doing is not what I thought that I would be doing. Mm-hmm. And he had a different plan, Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, and I get to do Jeremiah 29, seven, which is right before, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a, a familiar passage. Right. But Jeremiah the 29, plans seven, I have for you are good. Yes. Yeah. And Jeremiah 29, seven, just a few verses up says, um, to seek the welfare of the city that I have sent you. And for, um, and in it, I will answer and I will call and I will be with you. And then it goes into, for I know the plan. So I get to seek the welfare of this city uh, or the places that God brings me to and um, pray and, and and have him lead me and guide others to be lights of the world. Now, you know, that's a, a really, in my mind, a rare desire. I don't hear a lot of people talk like that mm-hmm. with the desire to seek the welfare of the city. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, our culture is pretty much a, you know, watching out for number one Correct. kind of mm-hmm. a culture. Mm-hmm. So you must appear to a lot of people like a, a fish swimming upstream here. Upstream. 
yeah, it's, you know, coming, well, coming, a lot of my college friends were like, what, what are you doing? Like, I just, I, that's how I got to Young Life was unorthodox. So I knew that it had to be the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've been working in the community. I uh, serve with uh, a good friend of mine, the founder, her name is Nadine Mentor. And 13 years ago, we started a girls group called TGI. It's the greatest investment girls program. And it was started for uh, one of our first girls, our mentee, her name is um, Quiana Jones. And she was in middle school and she, uh, Nadine asked her what she was doing over the summer. And she said, middle school now, let's keep it context. Oh, hang out with my boyfriend. And she said, hang out with your boyfriend. Uh, she's like, no, there has to be a camp. And there wasn't a camp um, that would meet the needs that she wanted her to have. So we started that and I joined her with that. But Quiona during our first week, because we didn't know what we were doing, but God is blessed um, so she was sitting talking about young life, young life camp. And she's like, young life camp, sharp top, south wind, and Jesus and my Mr. my leader, Mr. J. And that was the first time I had ever heard of Young Life. And I was working really hard to make TGI, our girls program, really fun. And so I said, No, TGI is the best camp. And she's like, No, Miss Michelle, Young Life is. And so we <laughs> argued for about 10 minutes because I was relentless. Um, but she started talking about her leader who represented Jesus and how he introduced her to Christ during middle school right. or middle school years. And that was the first time I heard of it. Um, and young life, we um, rely heavily on the support of community. So we have board members and committee members that come and help us execute what God has called us to do in the area. And as God would have it, uh, we had a woman speaking. Her name is um, Charminia. She was speaking at our TGI camp and she said to me, she said, we were talking about the Lord. Um, anytime I have an opportunity to talk about the Lord with a stranger, I didn't know that she was a believer, but we just started talking about him. And she stopped me and she said, have you ever heard of Young Life? And I said, I think it's that top of the sharp place, the sharp top camp, top of the sharp place that the kids were talking about. She said, I think you would be perfect for that job. And I had never, this was only the second time I heard of it. Um, and as God would have it later on, like almost like a year later, um, while I was looking for a job, I had just got finished um, working um, um, in, with OCPS for a grant program for yeah. um, troubled girls. Um, now, mind you, I had never worked in the schools before, but the schools that I was working with in this program after TGI, because it was offered to me, for all the schools that God has called me to for Young Life. Wow. So I had no idea of that. Um, so that ended because it was grant funded and Charminia called me because all my friends knew they're all professionals. Um, they I, they knew that I was looking for a job. And as God would have it, my my roommate, she wanted to move into with her boyfriend. So my, my place to live was in question. My car was acting up. And of course, I now I don't have a job. And so... When you walk with Christ and you get to know his character, I just stopped and I said, God, what are you doing? What What's going on? Right. You must be about to do something. And it was the day after Memorial Day. I was at um, a good friend. We call, called my sister Kia's house and I'd stayed the night and I got up and I started looking for a job. Um, uh, Brenda and James raised us all to be workers. So I was looking for a job and I closed my laptop mic. I just closed it because I got frustrated. I didn't know if I wanted to go back into corporate America or if I wanted to work in this nonprofit space with teenagers, mm -hmm. I didn't know. So I closed my laptop and I said, Lord, I gave you my will a long time ago. Could you just tell me what you want me to do? Well, I want you to hold that thought right there. And we're gonna pick up with that right after the break. Michelle Hamilton, yeah, that's a nice little cliffhanger for you. Michelle Hamilton is my guest. We'll be back with her in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. 
No wonder EC Water's air conditioning and heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. A fun chat today with Michelle Hamilton, Area Director for Young Life, and that is in the Central Florida area. You were just telling us about this uh, this really time in your life where a lot of doors, and, and God is that way, isn't he? Mm-hmm. he, he is. He'll shut some doors down, and we say, Lord, what is it that you're doing? And that was happening in your life. So go ahead and continue with that story. Yes, yeah, so I closed my laptop, and I just stopped and I said, Lord, I gave you my will a long time ago. What do you want me to do? And I prayed and I just kind of went about my business And 10 minutes later, no lie, 10 minutes later, Charminia called me and she was working for a huge corporation here in central Florida. So I was like, Oh, she called me. You know, I was like, Oh, maybe she has something for me. And she says, Hey, Michelle, good morning. I said, good morning. Charminia. She said, are you still looking for a job? And I'm like, Oh, here we go. That here it, mar- is. Here it is. Maybe that marketing, that MBA is coming into full effect. And she's like, I just got off the phone with the VP for Young Life. Um, they are looking to fill the position to serve our urban, our multicultural and ethnic areas here in Orlando. Would you mind having breakfast or grabbing coffee with him to talk more about Young Life? And I said, of course. And I hung up the phone, Mike, and I said, that's my job. And I've been on staff for going on almost 12 years now. Are you serious? Yes, that was almost 12 years ago. Oh, my word. Yes. Isn't that something? Yes. And I, so I've, I've always known that um, this is what he's want me to do. Because like you said, he closed some doors right. and he opened some. And yeah. I had no had no idea what this ministry was. had never heard of it. In Young Life, a lot of the staff are Young Life kids. Kids that were reached out to that yeah. grew up. Um, growing their faith and sharing their faith and they come on staff. Well, I didn't have that. I didn't know anything about it. Um, But God has called me here and I've enjoyed every minute of it. You know, I hear this story and I'm reminded, I I love scripture memorization as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not probably uh, as as good at it as you are, but trust in the Lord, the Bible says, Mm -hmm. with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then I love this next part of it. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And what does he do? He directs our path. Yes. He makes our path straight. One of one of the other uh, translations would say it that way. He makes our path straight. And that's exactly what he did for you. Oh, he does. Uh, There's um, Psalms 25, 4 says the same exact thing. It talks about a path and about just acknowledging him. And he makes that straight and we get to delight in yeah, him as right. he does that. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know that scripture, go ahead and look that up. But Psalms 25, four, and we see that over and over in the new Testament, we see him do it in the old Testament. He's the same. He's the same then he's the same now and he'll be the same forevermore. Right. So we can ask him and he will guide us. Now, I know you're a young person. Uh, we've already established that. I don't know what I was thinking of when I'm thinking, yeah, you might remember. No, you don't remember the 70s. You were not, you, you were not even a thought probably in the not 70s. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> but you're a young person, but you've got this love for God mm-hmm. that is older. It's more mature than what many people would think a young person like you mm-hmm. uh, would would have. And that serves you so well when you are doing what you're doing because you're you're probably seeing a difference in the generation that you're serving now yes. compared to what your your generation was mm-hmm. like when you were growing up. I mean, mm. things in the world are not getting better. They're getting worse. Yeah. And yes. we know yeah. that the Lord is going to one day return and he's going to be uh, he's mm-hmm. going to be returning. Some would say pretty soon. Yes, <laughs> it, yes. it could be. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We live like it's going to be. Uh, tomorrow, but we we serve as if we're in it for the long haul, and that's where we are. Yeah, you as you say that, I just think, oh man, this the importance of our youth and the importance of living as if he's going to come tomorrow. So I ask myself, Michelle, have you reached every student that you possibly could, as if Jesus was coming back at any moment? Um, and have I trained up leaders? 
to do the same? Have I um, spent enough time with the Lord that it just exudes from all of us? Uh-huh. Um, our, our students, man, they have it hard. Uh, I have many conversations with um, adults and, and they'll start off a sentence, kids these days. And I, I like to share with them that the life that our students are living right now, we couldn't, we wouldn't have been able to live and endure when we were coming up. It is so tremendously hard for our students. In Young Life, we study youth culture um, because it's ever evolving. And the best way to, to describe how our students are living is if imagine your niece, nephew, son, or daughter grandchild, cousin, a young adolescent out in the middle of the ocean in a boat with no paddles or oars. Mm -hmm. And they have to try to find their way home. Yeah. That's what it's like to be a teenager. I agree completely. And you know, what gets me is a lot of people will act like, no, it's no different at all today than what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's just not true. That is, that is not true. Just even with the rate of suicide. Right. For our students. Um, I talk with mental health counselors often because we want to make sure that they have Jesus. We want to make sure that they're spiritually and emotionally right. good, but we want to make sure that they're mentally good as well because they need all of us to help them. Um, and she shared with me that thoughts of suicide is not, not common to students. It's if they have a plan. So it's common for kids to think through is it worth for them to be yeah. on this earth? They actually have these thoughts. It's a common thought. Right. It's when it ex- escalates to do they have a plan now. And before, back in the day, it would be like, oh my gosh, even the thought would be something so far off. Right. But it's not for our students. And sadly, they may well know someone or, or have a, a person in their family that knew someone who actually did it. Yes. yes. And that becomes even more real And then you add to that, you know, with all the, it's not like we didn't have sin when I was a young guy, but what we didn't have to deal with was this whole thing of whether or not I, I'm, I'm a he or a him uh, that our kids today are having to fight Mm -hmm. their way through that. They have to try to navigate. Yeah. And navigating is the right word because it's tough. And so my heart goes out to all young people. My heart goes out to workers like you, Mm -hmm. because one day I was a youth pastor as Mm -hmm. well. And I remember that. And I know know that the challenges are real and they have big consequences in kids but yeah. all it takes here's what we have to keep our eyes on we have to keep our eyes regardless of where we are in this scenario regardless of what our task is regardless of what your role is we have to keep our eyes on the lord and remember that in spite of how bad culture is jesus is bigger and greater he's bigger he's greater he loves it's just Ephesians 3. Uh, I love the passage of Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. But in it, that's where we get his love is high, wide, deep, and long. Yeah. And in the middle of that, in the middle of the depths of his love, we can be, We he finds us. And we just get immersed in how much he loves us. And kids need to know, we need to know, adults need to know how much we are loved, chosen, and adored, and valued by the Lord. Everyone else needs to know that. But our students they have to know. Uh, we just had recently in the Central Florida area, we had a student commit suicide within the past three or four weeks. And mm, um, I'm sorry. And from what I understand, the student text met sent like a suicide like note text to his friends, and and they tried to reach him, um, and it was too late. And of course, it kind of bled and got out to the school. And one of my leaders, a student text and said, Hey, I saw this text that this person that committed suicide did. And they, I feel the same way. It's no different than I, how I feel. And the difference was unfortunately that they had someone to call to let them know mm-hmm. and for them to lead them in by God's spirit to what to say, right. how to meet them exactly where they are and give them hope. That is the biggest thing that our students are lacking is our, our students that I'm serving in the Pine Hills, Paramore, Colonial, um, Oak Ridge and university areas is hopelessness. Mm-hmm. It's the rate of hopelessness yeah. that they don't even dare to hope that things might be different, better or greater. But then we get to introduce them to Jesus and change the narrative completely. 
And that does change because they have something to look forward to. They have hope. So many of them fight the stuff that they have to deal with at school only to go home. Mm -hmm. And there's not a cohesive sense of family at home. And they don't have any relief or respite there either. And so their whole existence is like this big ball of tension. Mm -hmm. And that's why this problem is so real. It is really real. I was um, uh, on... uh, at one of our campuses and a student was asking me what was young life and it was after school and the student that's been in a part of our program um, for two years is like it's family it's home Mm -hmm. and that was his words of describing it i remember one time i was uh after school at a game and another student because we come and we show up to where the kids are so I like to let, tell the kids know if Miss Michelle is coming, I'm embarrassing you because I want everybody to know that you are loved. Like, so I'm going to be screaming in the stands and doing a whole bunch of hoopla uh, to make sure that um, they have someone cheering from the stands for them. But while I was sitting with some students, um, another young lady was like, what is young life? And, and the young lady, one of our young life students said, girl, you should just come. That's where you get love real well and they feed you too. That was her description. Of, that's where you <laughs> Isn't get love. it funny how the, when you offer that, that is an, uh, that's a door opener for some people. Yes. We part for Young Light of Orlando, Young Life. That's the name of our area. We um, serve our students who might not have a meal at home mm-hmm. uh, where there isn't transportation, um, where they might be homeless. Uh, or I mean, it's not might. We do have students that are part of the homeless population. Um, we serve vulnerable communities. And I like to say vulnerable communities um, and not under-resourced because um, we're, we're aware of it, but I don't ever want to put a negative. We're all vulnerable. In, mm-hmm. in, That's uh, true. We are all yeah. vulnerable in some way, but these are greater communities where the vulnerables, vulnerabilities are higher. Right. But we get to come in and show them something different from a God that does exceedingly abundantly right. above all. So that's part. That's part of it. Making sure that they have meals. Making sure they have fun. I like to um, describe young life. Our mission is to introduce Christ, or excuse me, introduce adolescents to Christ and help them grow in their faith. And fun fact. Adolescence goes to like 26, 25, 26, 27, around that age. Isn't that something? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, so it's, we, the, the sliding scale has gone deeper into it life. Has, it has. Um, adolescents are, young adults are experiencing adulthood later on in life. Yeah. And so the markers that marked you to, that kind of gave you adulthood, buying a home, getting married, family, all of those things are being pushed because kids are experiencing more. Gap years, ex- traveling, all of those markers have been pushed out. But we introduce kids to Christ and help them grow in their faith. And I like to describe it in three words, joy, truth, and love. Mm-hmm. When kids come to Young Life, whether it's campaigners, that's our Bible study, our club, which is open to all of all of our kids, anybody, anybody can come to club or camp, they're going to experience Jesus' joy. They're going to experience something that's intentional, mm-hmm. something that doesn't go away, not happiness, but Jesus joy. We'd have a lot of fun in young life. We people would not believe I can get the hardest of hardest boys to do the funnest games that you wouldn't think a teenager would do and just to see their smile. So we just had club last night. So I'm just picturing all the smiles and the fun things that we were doing yesterday. So they get this joy that, that they enter into. They get the truth of the gospel and what God's word says about them, the life that he has for them and what he's created them to do. So they're going to get this joy that can't be found on earth, but in Jesus, Mm -hmm. they're going to get the truth of God's word and how it applies to their life and for them to apply it to their life. And then they're going to be loved. It's so important. So important. I said at the top of the show, um, light and love that they're going to get love today um, by their Young Life leaders, by the Young Life staff, um, by our committee members that help make uh, it possible for us to do what they're doing. Um, I tell them, people love you that have never met you before. And that's just a representation of how much Jesus cares and is continually pursuing us. Now, take us into a week a mm-hmm. typical week of young life. What what happens in these meetings? Yes. How often do they take place? Oh man! Oh, so we have them weekly. Um, young life is brought up uh, in in four C's, and so we model Jesus's ministry, and we get to see that because we love the chosen. A lot of people love and enjoy seeing the chosen or any Jesus film that describes and gives us 
a picture of what life was like when Jesus was here walking the earth. But club is, um, it's open to the masses. Everywhere Jesus went, it was open to everyone. Everyone could come. And so we have club um, with teenage kids or middle school kids. Our middle school ministry is called Wildlife. It's appropriately named for our middle school (laughs) friends. Um, And so Young Life, they come in at club. They have a bunch of fun. Um, we, we just, I don't, it's kind of indescribable. We like to call it organized chaos. Kids come in, they come in and we cheer them on when they come in. Every time kids come, we are celebrating the fact that they are here. We want them to know that they belong here. We play a bunch of games that mix kids up to get to know them for kids that are new or haven't heard this thing. Kids just bring their friends to Young Life. So for our Young Life Club, for Jones High, it's been our longest one. It's been going for 12 years. Kids wait till after their football and their sports practices, their band practices, and they wait for club to start at six o'clock. When we would come on campus to pick up kids after school, we have a a van. Her name is BBJ Big Booty Judy. She's a big old van. (laughs) And I remember some of the faculty kids would just run from all around campus to get be on the first trip on the Young Life van. And they'd be like, what is going on? Kids are going to Young Life. Um, So we have kids. We can have anywhere between 25 to 50 to 60 kids every Monday night. Um, wanting to come to Young Life. So kids bring their friends and we have fun. They play games um, and we sing songs. And then at the end of the night, myself, staff, or Young Life leader shares a story about Christ. And we have a sequence that we go to. We go from God and creation and we sit a a long time in the person of Christ for kids to know that he was fully God and fully man, to know his characteristics. So last night I spoke about the Good Samaritan and how the Good Samaritan represents Jesus in all of these different ways. He never walked past us he sees the things that we need he will go beyond to make sure that you are your needs are met he will um he just represents love so we talk about that and kids learn that every monday night from um in our area and then we have campaigners and campaigners are modeled after jesus jesus had his 12 he had his crew like i like to say his squad that he changed the world with and he trained them to do so we each leader has a group of students that they just dig deeper into into the word and so what does it look like to be a disciple of Christ and that's where a lot of our young leaders come from we have young life ambassador and junior leaders who help so our high school friends help us with our wildlife ministry so they come after school and they come and they do that and then we have contact work we just hang out with students so it's flag football season right now it's baseball season so I have a lot of games to go to so let's pick up more about that Um, this is really exciting to hear the breakdown of what you do how you do it, how often you do it. And I like this whole thing about discipleship because that's really what you're talking about. With all these young leaders, you're discipling them. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be future leaders in young life. They are, they are. You're replicating future leadership. I love it. My guest today is Michelle Hamilton, Area Director for Young Life. And we'll be back with her in a moment for one more segment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Here in the studio today with Michelle Hamilton. She's the area director for Young Life. I like the name of their group. It's called Light of Orlando. And Michelle, in addition to all that she does with Young Life, she's part of the Orlando Christian Chamber as well. And that's how Mark Goldstein, I guess, got to know you, right? Yes, yes. I met Mark some years ago while he still was president. And um, I just joined the Christian Chamber just to have some fellowship um, within the Christian community in the kingdom of God here in Central Florida. Um, and there worked with him to kind of kick off our Young Professionals Network. Um, I look uh, young. You're and, in that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. That's great. Um, I'm aged out, but I still like to help out. And so now I just re- um, rejoined and following Crystal's leadership and working with Josh, who is leading yeah. up our YPN and being able to support any way that I can. So whether it's women, um, our, our young professionals really passionate about that. And just the overall, what does it look like to have marketplace ministry 
and to be able to lead in that, um, lead in light and love. Well, that's really wonderful. You know, you were describing the whole thing about uh, this Monday night meeting and seeing the enthusiasm uh, kind of grow in people mm-hmm. when you bring up the van and they realize, you know, there's a whole different uh, set of resources mm-hmm. that uh, people can have available to them. It, you were talking in the earlier segment about hope and the role that 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 plays in a life. I, there's not a one of us that doesn't need some sort of hope, something to look forward to. Right. And that's what you're providing with these meetings. Yes, we do that. So we do club on Mondays. That's for everyone. Campaigners on Wednesdays are in the middle of the week at different campuses. The Lord has allowed us to be able to reach kids at Jones High School, Evans High School, Colonial and um, Oak Ridge High School. So we have students at all of those and then also Carver Middle School. So those are the schools that we are reaching in every week. Kids are hearing or experiencing Jesus after school or before school um, to make sure that they have have hope. Um, He is our living hope. Um, The things that our kids are experiencing now, the amount of trauma uh, that they're experiencing, I mean, my God, I have just stories kind of floating through my head and flipping through my head um, that if the kids hadn't heard or if they're not learning, if they had not been learning about Jesus, I don't know where they would be. Just our particular students. So true. So they get to this one student in particular, just he just had a a tragic accident um, that happened and um, his mother had passed from cancer. So he's navigating through that, a senior in high school, but National Honor Society, I mean, poster child, great kid. I mean, he just had something unfortunate happen to him. And um, as we were navigating with him, because we come, we walk through life with students. Um, I just was at Jones High School's Tiger Pride Day, and that's where all of the classes of the school come out, and they have like a big class reunion tailgate. And I've been doing this for a while, and to be able to see these students who are now like 27 years old, that I'm still walking through life, and our leaders are still walking. We're in it with them because we always need that reminder of hope. So we get to do that. We do contact work. That's where we show up to games courses, debate, uh, fashion shows, uh, anything that the kids have, we try to go and support. And then our last thing that we do, and it's a big part of it, is our camping ministry. Young Life owns these uh, beautiful camps around the country and globally. Um, there's, It's not Camp Okachukawaka. These are actually kid resorts, um, these beautiful places that we bring kids to um, see the beauty of Christ and God in nature, but also to have a, a way of escape from their home. So every student, it doesn't matter if they attend a very affluent school or school that has many needs. Every single one of those kids that come to camp, they leave change with an experience with Christ. And so mm. that's another part. So that's another C and then committee. We have a, uh, we pray for people to come alongside and help. And that's what I'm currently praying for is our people that carry out the vision that God has given us for Light of Orlando Young Life. Um, I shared with you earlier that Light of Orlando, I named it that because of three scriptures. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world and anyone that walks with me will walk in the light of life. So that is our heart's desire. Second, that we every student that we get a chance to have an encounter with, we want them to know that they are the light of the world from Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And then that John 1, 4 says, light always extinguishes the darkness. And so for the dark places that our kids are walking in in the communities, we get to be street lamps and mm-hmm. street lights um, and light that up. So we have hope, we have light, we have love, we have truth. Um, we have students whose lives have been radically changed. We talked about discipleship. Um, I have a part-time staff um, that will be coming on to full-time staff. And he was my old Young Life kid. He's I met him in the ninth grade. And um, he was always, he always liked to learn. And, and he, his name is Jermaine, uh, Mr. Buford, a big Buford in these Young Life streets. And um, he's just finished up, he's finished, he's wrapping up a, a fellows program that we have where um, um, our young adults can come through um, and be trained on how to run ministry. And what, it, what does it mean to be a ministry leader and raising funds? And he's wrapping that up. It's called Developing Future Leaders, now called Next Gen. And he'll be coming on to full-time staff. 
um, is people ask him, is he coming on staff? He said, no, it's when I come on staff. Oh, and he's got he's, his eyes on it. He has his eyes on yeah. it. And I was just thinking about it on the way here. Um, he, he His first tattoo, because what I learned, I'm, I'm in, in school finishing up my second master's um, in theology and leadership. Um, and I, whatever I learned, I teach them. So I was t- teaching them about Imago Day. And um, he's a big football player and he had big dreadlocks when he was in high school. So he doesn't look like he loves Jesus and follows him that he is this now clean cut. But he has his first tattoo was a Mago Day because he said, I'm made in the image of Christ. And I'm not a big tattoo person. And yeah. he, kinda, he, he was kind of I was aiding and embedding. He would ask me about scripture. And every time he asked me about scripture, it was a new, a new, a new something that he loves knowing and sharing with kids that he that we all are made in the image of christ and mm-hmm. and his greatest joy is he heads up our middle school ministry and his greatest joy is making sure kids know that there's a different life to live that he lives in the same neighborhood that they live in and he gets this i we've discipled him and all of his friends and now he's discipling an even younger generation to start to walk with jesus during the years that they needed the most in our nets in middle school. That's beautiful. Well, we wish the best for him as he continues to grow. Michelle, when you look backward now, you've been doing this, you said, for 11 years. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to believe. I would not, just looking at at you, you, you're a young person, Mm -hmm. uh, yet you have already now 11 years of experience, Mm -hmm. long enough to see some of the cycles of these young people age go from middle school through high school and now just like him Uh uh, he is graduating into doing something where his eyes are on the future for his future ministry when when you think back now after 11 years what excites you about the next 11. Mm. i believe that ministry flows out of our relationship with jesus and i think in this season of life i just have this hunger to know him in a deeper way that changes radically changes my leadership mm-hmm. radically change transforms who i am and from that i get to pour out into these further generations into women into adults and to um just speak on that I've, I've stepped into speaking roles and to be able to share jesus in a way that um is authentic to how he made me that's wonderful um and so I'm very excited about that in growing more disciples, uh, changing the lives of gener- it's generational. Um, Jermaine, for example, all four of his brothers are have been a part of Young Life. Him and his brother graduated, and his two younger brothers, his ninth grade brother, brother goes with us to the middle school, and his seventh grade brothers there. So on Wednesdays when they have club, I get to see three young men from a family that because of their older brothers are now following Christ and inviting their kids. It's about this generational impact that we have that transforms lives. You know, if you have one child like that, you just can't imagine what kind of influence he's going or she is going to have on all of these people, both in their family as friends as well. Yeah. I see it in our girls. We have so many girls. I, as I was praying about this interview, I was like, Lord, I just want to name all of the students whose lives you have lit and you mm. have, you are guiding and you are changing everything in their lives. I wish I could name all of them, but there's so many students, the work of Young Life, the work of Crew, the work of FCA, all of us who have decided to work in the lives of teenagers because we're bringing Jesus to them. And that's exactly what Young Life does. We are looking for lost kids, the furthest out kid, kids that don't know Jesus, kids that walk past church, kids that don't know church. Generation Alpha, this generation coming up, behind us will be the first generation that has the least touch point to anything spiritual or up to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so for these next 10 years or these next 11 years, I'm thinking about them and making sure that they get a chance to hear about Jesus and his love for them. And maybe experience a great camp experience. Oh my you. goodness. Our yeah. camps are amazing. Yeah. You're amazing. Find me and I can get you into a camp. We for, have. For what can people pray? Oh, uh, wow. And what ministry need do you have that, oh people can pray for? Well, our biggest need, we have a few. 
um, our biggest need is always raising money. Um, we're local missionaries. I'm a local mission. So everything that we do, the food that we feed, the students, the gas, the transportation, um, our kids don't have money to go to Chick-fil-A. Our kids don't have money to go to the movies. They don't, they don't, they come from communities that they just don't have the extra resources. Mm -hmm. So our budget is more inflated to be able to meet those needs. Or if I need to buy a book bag or maybe even toothpaste, um, for our students just to make sure that they have needs. So our budget, raising the funds for that, raising the funds for kids to have a camp experience. We're trying to raise $35,000 for just camp alone. Mm -hmm. And our budget is way over uh, uh, beyond $100,000 for our operating. That's our school year. So that's our biggest need, um, raising money. And then second, um, our, our second, right at the top of that, our board members and committee members, mm -hmm. praying for people to come out, adults, business leaders, community leaders to come alongside us. Um, we're really excited about what God is doing in light of Orlando Young Life. Um, but it's, it can't just rest on my shoulders. God has a kingdom community of a smart and brilliant and talented and gifted people for us to be able to reach the next kid. That's so I'm wonderful. praying, I'm praying up for 12 people, 12 people, Lord, um, that have influence, smart knowledge and, and just resources of the heart that helps us reach the next kid, the next Jermaine, Janiya, Antonio, Natalie, Quiona at all of the campus. I right. have, the, I have the ability to be on Tim campuses just in our area. And we need, we need the money. We need the people. Well, I'm grateful, Michelle, that someone reached you. Yes. And that mm -hmm. is exactly what you're doing. You're mm -hmm. just giving from what you have received. And mm -hmm. that's what the Bible tells us all to do. Yeah. As freely as we have received, yeah. freely give. Yeah. Give us the website where people can go to learn more and yes. maybe even donate yes. towards some of these needs. You can you can Google Light of Orlando Young Life Urban, um, FL230. You can just got Google that. Light of Orlando Your Urban will come up. Or they can go to Orlando Urban Young Life org and find us there. Um, my name is Michelle Hamilton. I'm on LinkedIn. They can find me on Facebook. They can find me in the Central Florida streets with teenagers, making sure <laughs> that that they can um, that they they have a life to the full. John it's really 10. fun talking to a mover and a shaker like mm -hmm. yourself, and mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for what you do. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having a vision and a heart and an open. And uh, really just a, a clear mind about what God is saying and doing. You know, we're seeing this uh, revival thing that's mm -hmm. happening in our country. Yes. We're praying that God just breaks out in Orlando and in Gainesville and in Ocala, wherever in, in the shepherd would be. Yeah, yes. let's bring it on. Yes, yes. Come, Jesus, come. Lord, Lord, send us the kids, send us the people. But God, send us your glory, send us your light um, so that we can just change change uh, the lives of uh, of ourselves. I agree. But then to be shepherd, shepherded by the great and good shepherd. And that is what he is. He is that. And, and we serve him. Michelle Hamilton, Area Director for Young Life. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that I got a chance to meet you and to be on the show. Well, thank you. And friends, we thank you as well for being with us today on Afternoons with Mike. Join us next time right here on The Shepherd. <music>